It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. Kevin and Lincoln here with you today. And joining us is Owen Haft, a distance runner for the University of Minnesota, whose school announced two weeks ago that they were dropping men's indoor and outdoor track, which has caused quite a reaction in the running world. Owen, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. It is our pleasure. Let's just go back to a couple weeks ago. How did you find out the news that that your school was going to be dropping indoor and outdoor? Yeah, we were all just at home sitting around getting ready for practice. And then we got a couple emails from our, our head coach and then our head cross-country coach just saying we had an important Zoom meeting. Um, hopped on, really wasn't sure anything, um, you know, what was going to happen. And then they dropped the news on us pretty much right away. Pretty short Zoom meeting. That was pretty much it. No real context. No, you know, alumni were contacted. No, um, we weren't contacted before this Zoom meeting. Um, it was a Zoom meeting with all the athletes in the athletic department. So it was not the way I would have wanted to hear, but it is what it is. So you're a you're a redshirt senior. So you've been there for several se- several years. You grew up in the area. You work at the local running store. You're you're pretty well entrenched in the running community. Was there any sign that this was coming? Anything that you had ever heard in in your years leading up to it or months leading up to it? This this could be a possibility. I mean, with the whole COVID deal, it was kind of always in the back of our minds. You know, we saw programs like Brown um, cut their program and in the Big Ten at least Iowa had cut a few of their other programs I think they cut like gymnastics and tennis and maybe golf or something but I had never really considered that it would actually happen to us Um, so yeah there was there was no no communication beforehand or no even like hints that this was a possibility. I know the university has said that fundraising efforts essentially aren't going to solve the problem it's a title nine issue can you give us a sense of what it 
what the the main core of the issue to you is. Is this a Title IX thing where the university needs to be in compliance with the student body population being more on the female side? Or is this more on the side of the, the, the reported $75 million deficit that the university is supposedly uh, facing for this fiscal year? Which one is it? Yeah, from what I've heard, it's a it's a mixture of both. As, as far as what Mr. Coyle, our athletic director, said on the meeting, it was kind of a mixture of both. Um, you know, there are plenty of things I could go into about both of those points that make those calls questionable. But as far as I'm concerned, it's it's a little mixture of everything. And, and what has it been like at practice i assume the the mood has has changed are you still running with your teammates on a daily basis i mean what is the vibe like now among the group yeah it's definitely weird um you know it was already kind of weird coming into this year with the whole covid redshirt season Um, we have a pretty big group of of my my age guys so fifth years who could come back for a sixth year so that was already like up in the air before the program even got cut for, you know, five or six guys on the team. Um, and just this just throws a whole wrench in everything. That being said, though, it is it is nice to be able to, you know, meet with the guys, run with them. You know, that's the best part of being in this program is the individual guys and just the camaraderie that we have, you know, at practice, just messing around every day. Um, so that's been definitely really nice to, to have to kind of lean on. And what's your plan moving forward? There's so much uncertainty in the world in general, but now you guys specifically, what do you what do you think you're going to end up doing relative to to running for Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, I wish I had an answer for you. I have no idea right now. Um, as of now, you know, the Board of Regents is voting to either uphold or um, or go back on on Mark Coyle's decision to cut the programs. So. I think they vote on October 8th. So after that, we'll have a little bit more clarity on, you know, if they there is a shot that we get reinstated, I don't really know. But after that, we'll kind of start weighing some options probably. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me more about the organizational pushback that has formulated since this decision? I mean, University of Minnesota has had some obviously very famous alums it's in a state that has a, a tradition in distance running. Uh, what was the what was the process like uh, in terms of getting people together to try to, to fight back against this decision? Yeah, it initially started, um, you know, right after that Zoom meeting. Everyone was like, "Okay, we we're not going to stand for this. We got to do something to fight back." Um, and it was initially kind of like the athletes on the team were doing their little thing, and then a bunch of alumni. Um, I don't know if you guys know the name, but John Simons, he was a sub four miler for the U a couple of years back. Um, and Justin Grunewald, those guys have been super, super helpful with the whole organizational side of things. Um, and so we kind of merged like the whole student athlete and the alumni factions, I guess, into one hopefully more powerful and more organized um, groups. So I, it's been pretty good so far. I think right now, most of the efforts are just focused on, you know, getting the Board of Regents to vote against the proposal. Um, and after that, we'll see what we can do. But right now, I think that's kind of where most of our energy is at. Um, if I recall, there was like a, a there was a march last week 
to yep. to kind of uh, push back against this. Um, can you tell us a bit how that went, how many people turned out, and if you thought it was a, a fruitful uh, thing that you guys put together? Yeah, it was, it was super good to see. Um, I would say I'm terrible at estimating big numbers. Could have been 100, could have been 1,000. Um, <laughs> I would say maybe 400, but yeah, it was great to see, you know, just the Minnesota running community is like insanely close, insanely big. Um, so it's fun to see, you know, people that didn't run for Minnesota and are just fans of the sport come out and, and support. Um, we had a few people from a few of the different teams affected speak. They were really good. And we kind of just marched around campus um, and had a few more people speak at the end. So it was, it was a good deal. What is the, <clears throat> the on, on your side, on the team side, the alumni side, what is the, the crux of the argument that the team should be retained, should be brought back? I know with Brown, they organized and pointed out the inconsistencies with the university's message on diversity and the fact that the, the, the men's team was a diverse group. And I've seen some similarities, I guess, with with what's been said about the Minnesota team. Is that is that the main argument to bring the team back? And is that what the, the group is focused on? Or are you pushing your, your narrative elsewhere? Yeah, I think it's a good mixture of, of a few things. Um, the diversity thing, I think, is the most important. You know, if you take out the U of M track team, in the whole entire athletic department at the U, there's three... Uh, athletes of color in non-revenue sports um, versus, you know, the track team is one of the more diverse um, mm -hmm. teams on campus. I think we have like eight or 11 maybe different countries represented. Um, one of the big things with diversity is we've had a lot of people of East African descent come through the program and have success. You know, Hassan Mead, Obsali, um, all those guys. And Minnesota has such a big East African population that, you know, if we don't have this program here, some of those kids aren't going to ever, you know, have the opportunity to go to college or, or compete, you know, in running at the highest level. Um, I know I heard Obsa say, if, if it wasn't for our coach, Coach Placentia, he would never have gone to college. Um, and so that, that's very, very important. Um, but I think also just like with the whole financial side of things, cutting our program is saving the, like taking out 0.85% of the $75 million deficit. It's not really doing much. You know, this is a, a short-term problem, the whole budget deficit. Um, and especially now that football is back in, in one of Mark Coyle's presentations, he, he said that if we have a football season with no fans, we lose $30 million. If we have no football season, we lose $75 million. So now that football got reinstated in the Big Ten, you know, there's that $45 million margin right there that, you know, I would think you would be able to find some money to reinstate the track team. I mean, it probably mm -hmm. costs $1 million to run us for the year. What have you learned throughout this whole process? I know it's only been two weeks. Yeah. Well, I've learned a lot about uh, – financial spending in athletic departments. Um, <laughs> I never really thought I would, you know, learn too much about that, but um, it's been kind of scary to delve into some of those numbers and just see how 
much money is spent on things that aren't a necessity really you know with the whole facilities arms race that's going around the nation right now facilities are prioritized over student athletes and we see that here if the if the situation doesn't change and if you guys just have cross country going forward can you explain what that would do to the men's cross country program not having indoor or outdoor yeah it would not be a bright future i would i would imagine um you know if you're a high school kid and you're getting recruited by a school that doesn't have two out of the three seasons you want to run in even if they offer you a lot of money what are the odds you're going to go do that probably not great um on, on the flip side i have heard that some of the other programs around the nation i think maybe vanderbilt is one that only has a cross-country team their guys are allowed to compete in jersey on the track for a certain amount of meets per year i don't think they can qualify for ncaa's or regionals or anything like that but it sounds like there might still be opportunities to compete on the track which would help a little bit um but yeah what what is your impression of why the university is doing this now is it oh covid's given us an excuse to to cut loose with something because you you mentioned the the savings isn't that high and when i i think i read when you put together men's gymnastics and men's tennis i think was the other programs it's like maybe uh, what they said a total savings of 2.7 million which is quite the distance away from 75 um why do you think this is what they're doing? They make a big sweeping thing about it. And it's like, well, you guys still got a big problem to fix here. It doesn't seem like this is, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, trying to plug holes and you got holes all over the boat. So what, what exactly is your understanding of why this is happening now? Honestly, I think it's just a cop out to, you know, have, have something to, to say that you're making progress towards, you know, fixing your budget, um, blame it on COVID, blame it on Title IX or whatever, um, rather than addressing the underlying issues with, you know, being the whole system. Like you have football, you have basketball, and they're funding everything else. And that inherently is broken. Um, just, you know, again, like what I was saying with the just irresponsible spending of the administration, you know, that is just unsustainable coaches have been saying that for years from non-revenue sports and now we're seeing it come to fruition when there's a little um a little bump in the road and now you know we're gonna have to ditch a few teams which i think is a cop-out but and this is probably too far reaching of a question for for you to answer but i mean do you see this being a, a a trend that continues across the country is men's track and field at the collegiate level just hugely in danger if if programs are seeing other pro now a power five program has has cut a track team like is this gonna in your eyes gonna continue to happen i don't see a reason why it wouldn't i mean if a school with the the stature of u of m and the revenue of u of m is having to make these calls there's no reason any other program in the in the nation couldn't get cut um, in my eyes, which hopefully this this decision gets overturned and it, we kind of start going away from that. Um, but 
yeah, in my eyes, it's, you know, after this, who knows what could happen. You brought up the excess spending. When you say that, are you referring to the revenue sports, like the, the money that's spent on facilities for football and basketball? Or are you talking about non-revenue spending, non-revenue sports spending? Uh, it's a mixture of both. I'm not going to sit here and say that they've only spent money on football because we just got a brand new track. We got a brand new, um, you know, athletes village, quote unquote, that, you know, most of it is for the football and basketball teams, but we get to use it as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think it's a mixture of both. But I think the reason kind of, you know, behind it is to get good football recruits, which, you mm -hmm. know, if you look in the NBC, they have all these facilities. And now, you know, schools around the nation are trying to match that so they can take recruits away from, you know, the historically best schools. And that leads to, <clears throat> that leads to prioritizing facilities over, over student athletes. Can you speak to the role that the Minnesota track team, cross country team plays within the larger running community up there? I think you're especially qualified to comment on it. You grew up there you work at the running store you're you're entrenched in this community what would it mean to not have a collegiate distance d1 program in that city yeah it's a huge blow um one of my roommates and teammates was actually out on a run the other day and he got stopped by some guy and the guy was like yeah my son wanted to you know grow up and run for the u of m track team and he's nine like i think that just mm -hmm. speaks volume um you know, there's kids on my high school team that, you know, I know want to come here and run. Um, and yeah, it's it's just tough to see. You know, we were supposed to host the, well, we still are hosting the Big Ten Outdoor Championships in 2022. So a year and a half from now. Um, mm. And that, in my mind, that was going to be, you know, just an awesome weekend of the whole Minnesota running community coming together at our new track. Hopefully, you know, the men's and the women's teams can show out and have, have a good weekend. But now that will be a much different vibe. I know there's been a petition on change.org to to reverse this decision. I think it's gotten close, if not has hit the 25,000 signature mark. Um, are you feeling like any of this resistance you guys are putting together is having an impact on the athletics director the the athletics department at all are they hearing your concerns or is are they just kind of appeasing what what you guys are doing from what i have seen there's not too much concern from the athletic department itself um, i know a couple of people on the team had a meeting with with the ad um, and it went okay there was you know a lot of denial going on um, but Hopefully, all this momentum can kind of sway the regents. Um, I think there's 12 of them, and they're voting on that decision again on, on October 8th. So that's kind of what we're hoping for. Uh, but yeah, there, there have been a few lines of communication within you know, this group to the athletic department itself, um, but nothing super promising has come out of that. If the program does stay cut, I mean, what's what's your biggest hope for, for what something that would happen that would be positive out of that i mean i know that's not something you want to consider but is it is it 
for lack of a better term, embarrassing the university for for their hypocrisy? Like, what what exactly is it that you want to get out of this? Because the chance, if we admit it, the chances seem small that this gets reversed. So basically, why, why fight at all? Right. I think, you know, it's, there was never really a, an option, you know, whether we would fight or not. We all got off that Zoom meeting and we were right away, we were like, I mean, we know the chances are small, but they're not zero. Brown got their team back. We're going to do absolutely everything we can to get our team back. Um, just because, you know, I mean, I know it means so much to all the guys on the team right now, of course, but even, you know, just seeing the outpouring of alumni support and even just running on, you know, the river road and people will bike by and say, I'm, I'm cheering for you guys. Like, hope you guys get reinstated. Just the Minnesota running community has really bonded together a little bit over this, uh, over this decision. And so that's been, you know, nice to see. Hopefully it can actually turn into something, but Well, Owen, we thank you so much uh, for your time today. Appreciate you giving us some insight of what's going on on the ground there. Uh, good luck moving forward. Yeah, thank you guys. Take care. All right, that was Owen Hafe from the University of Minnesota distance runner and Lincoln at the epicenter of what we're seeing nationwide in terms of cuts to to programs, cross-country, in some cases, indoor in some cases, outdoor in other cases, sometimes two of the three. Um, what are your thoughts after hearing from Owen? Yeah, it's great to see that, you know, I didn't, wasn't familiar, I guess, with the community involvement. You think of Minneapolis, it's a big city, you know, how much could one community of a, in, a, in a large city care about a program? But, you know, thinking of Minnesota, thinking about grandma's marathon this is a community yeah. that's uh big into n not just distance running but seemingly track and field so it is good to hear that they're they're pushing back against this miss my fear overall though is outweighs my the 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 uh the good feelings i get from it that that this is going to continue to be something we're seeing across the country i don't know how many more we can expect i don't know if the pedigree of the program will be larger than minnesota next i mean hopefully we've seen the the biggest legacy program make a cut um and we won't have any any other big names drop but um definitely on the edge of my seat and not in a good way for for what the future holds when it comes to men's track and field and cross country uh, at the collegiate level yeah, and one, you talked about bright spots, and you asked him about that, and that's tough to look at in this time. But one trend that seems to be developing here is people's just awareness now of budgets. Like Owen said, yeah. he learned more than he ever thought he he did, or he ever thought that that, that he would in this case. I think that's going to be helpful moving forward because for the programs that do remain or when they try to maybe in the future reinstate some programs – that have been cut, it's helpful to have all that information out there to know exactly mm -hmm. how, how the funds are are being spent. But I am, Gordon and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It's like, like, man, we need to we need to short up costs in cross country and track and field. We can't be going to three meets in one weekend and we can't be staying the extra night. But when you talk about $75 million, that's a drop in the bucket. And that's not really right issue you can do that and it will you know drop your budget a little bit and that's 
rowing in the right direction. That's probably the AD will be happy when they see that number is smaller than the other one. But that's just such a tiny, tiny speck of what's going on here. Well, it's the model. It does this model work is is the mm-hmm. issue is spending exorbitantly on one or two sports and then asking those sports to support everything else. Does that work anymore? Um, and it seems to me the answer is no. When it, I mean, when any crisis as as COVID nineteen hits, which I know is very rare, this type of pandemic is once every hundred years if history repeats itself. Um, but the model under any pressure is is not going to work. And then you throw in the fact yeah. that the, the Title Nine, the Title Nine rules, and and it it becomes difficult to support these non revenue men's sports. Uh, I don't know what structural changes need to be made. Um, he mentioned a good point. Football schools, you know, not at Alabama, not at Auburn, not at you know these SEC teams yeah. that get all these future NFL players. That that leaves the other Power Five schools trying to keep up. And how do they keep up? Well, they say, "Well, look at our shiny new locker room, stadium, what have you." Uh, it's an arms race, and then that is that you got to fund that stuff, right? And then it, and then if it's like, well, in a, in a lost year, in a pandemic year, it's like. Oh my gosh! Now we don't have the money to pay for something that we already bought, and uh, yeah, I, yeah, I guess they just you know want to say just show that they're making progress. But you're right, dropping the bucket is exactly what it is. I I don't know. Listen, I I, I have some sympathy for these programs. Like I understand they want to have good football teams. That brings a lot of. I mean, let's be honest. A good a good Minnesota football team does more for the community, at least in numbers, than a good cr- track team. I get that. More people like football than cross country. Mm-hmm. But when mistakes on that end are affecting other programs, that's when it's unfair. And then and then you're cutting it and you're showing the numbers. And when the numbers don't add up, you, mm-hmm. you you're left wanting more of an explanation. Why is this being cut when this is such a small portion of the, the revenue? You still have a major problem. What else are you fixing? This track team, this community is owed that explanation, and it doesn't seem like they're getting it yet. Are you saying an entire system built on what can we do to impress 17-year-old guys is not sturdy? <laughs> saying that that's, I know. A, that's a mistake? It, it's, it's absurd. When Where you, could it have possibly you, gone wrong? That's literally It's what absurd it is. when you think about it. I, I know. And, and listen, I'm a football fan. So that's what I say when I have sympathy. I, I understand wanting to have the best possible things, but the rate of which this kind of, if you look at it, every university is adding multi, multi million dollar facilities. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's insane. It, 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 you could open a whole can of worms. It's like, should we pay these kids now? Because we're basically paying them by, by showing them you know, they were rolling out the red carpet for every single recruit at every single university. And that costs millions and millions and millions of dollars. How are we going to pay for all that? And it's, it's clear, wow, and these things aren't privately funded. It's, it's a disaster to pay for these things. And, and then other things are, are left at the expense of it. It's not football that's being asked to, Hey, you need to, you know, you need to slam down your, your, your scholarships here. No, they're not asking that. That's just like wipe out an entire program. That's unfair. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Well, you seem to have strong thoughts on this. What Gordon and I were talking about, and I've heard other people talk about this as well too, was just like, we really shouldn't be comparing cross country and track to football and basketball. What we should be comparing it to is other programs and offerings for students on campus. 
like, you know, the glee club, right? Like the outdoors club, like, like intramural sports and club sports and Mm -hmm. uh, departments, academic departments, like that's how it should be. It's closer to that in the same way that professional Mm -hmm. track and field, we always want to compare professional track and field to the major sports. When in reality, it's like, well, why don't we compare it to the other Olympic sports? Why don't we compare track to gymnastics and track to swimming, track to figure skating, track to skiing? That's more of an apples to apples uh, comparison. But as it relates to on campus, I think that's where you could get to a sustainable model and say, hey, look, the goal of these programs isn't to make a lot of money. Let's just get that out of the way. If they make money, Mm -hmm. great. That's awesome. The goal is, Yeah. yeah, to provide opportunities for kids to compete from the ages of you know 18 to 23 24 22 23 24 something like that and mm-hmm. and it's pr for the university right because when yeah. so-and-so wins and they're national champion and they go on a billboard in the in the city or they are on the flyer that gets sent to a kid's house or on the website that's good people like winning people like feeling like they're yeah. going to a successful place but like the idea that they're ever going to catch up to football and basketball right? Or they're ever going to be in that spot of money. No, that's just, that's not, that's not going to happen with our current structure. And you can say, let's not send teams to three different sites, which personally I would be a fan of because I think it kind of gets ridiculous, but like dual meets, dual meets versus big invites is not the issue. We can argue about it because we want something to argue about, but that's not, that's not the issue. Yeah. No, not at all. No, this is a, this is a de- design flaw. This is not a uh, how can we how can we change what hotels we're we're staying at and and yeah. it's just it's ridiculous that you know not only are these you know people are trying to raise money that shouldn't have to pay their own money to 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 see this have an attempt to be rescued, but uh, it's. It, for the university not even to acknowledge those efforts essentially is is embarrassing and i understand again that there's you know maybe there was some mismanagement of money that couldn't have been helped i i don't know mm-hmm. just trying to play devil's advocate but this sure seems like here and in other places around the country just an epic bungling of 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 funds it's it's i i just i don't understand it we've just it's just been the wild west when it comes seemingly to revenue sports let's just we can spend 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 and if things go bad we'll cut a few things that'll be the that'll be the because, us running back with our tail between our legs and that'll somehow yeah. fix this how are they actually addressing the loss of 75 million dollars i don't understand it where is that answer like i don't are well, they just going to lose because, that money? When is that going to be filled? How is that going to be fixed? It's not by doing well, it's this. Mono- it's it's monopoly money. But what you're saying there, though, assumes that they think that they're all in it together, and they're not. They're looking at their own budget. They're looking at football. So they're they're not saying, "Oh man, we gotta we gotta tighten our belt because we need to make sure we support all these other sports." No, they're thinking we we're making money. We need to stay competitive. Cutting is not an option because that's just going to make our team worse, which lessens the chance of getting into a bowl game, lessen, you know, lessening the chance of, yeah. of getting good recruits and, and the success is self-perpetuating. I understand. They're looking at it just from it as a, like an athletic department of one or two teams, maybe. That's it. They're not looking at it as this like, oh, we need to really be fiscally responsible because we need to subsidize all these teams. Like if they get $20 million, they're going to put $20 million right back into the program. 
because yeah. they want to go to the next level and the next level and pay their assistants more and yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's, I understand. but that's what I'm saying. That's why you need to, we need to think of it less as a part of football and basketball and more just, no, let's no. just be honest. Let's just be real. They're more part of the university community as a whole, even if they're an awesome team, right? Even if they're really good. Uh, and, and obviously the NCAA has world-class athletes in every single sport, but the money around the athletes is drastically different when you go from one sport to the other. Anyway, mm-hmm. speaking of cross country, team March cross country appears to have prevailed, Lincoln, of which you are the president and mm-hmm. founding member and on the board of directors. The uh, let's yeah. see who said yes on this one. Board of directors approves the plan, approves the plan as of September twenty uh, second. So first day for competition, January twenty third for cross country selection for the championships, March sixteenth. And then right now they have March 15th for the championship date. How are you feeling? You meant you meant March 6th for the selection date. March 6th, excuse me. You are correct. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I mean, it would, it, it's would. it been so weird. It, it would make almost sense that they would select the fields the day after they ran it. But that's okay. Uh, no, I'm feeling great. We, talk, we spoke with uh, Dave Smith uh, a couple days ago on the FlowTrack podcast. He was getting me excited talking about all the features of the new Oklahoma State cross-country course. He was getting me excited talking just about midwest weather how unpredictable it could be 65 yeah, yeah, yeah. it could be 20 i'm 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 ready for for all that no this is great news uh there's to me uh, close to a 0% chance, chance there was going to be indoor track and field um just based on where we are with the pandemic that we we know that this virus passes <clears throat> significantly at a better rate indoors than it does out he, dave smith was talking about well, we've got rapid testing now. Everyone can be tested the 24 hours before, and we'll get those. We'll get those results. There we go. That's what. That's the. That's the thing we that we wanted. Um, I'm. I'm really excited for this. I'm. I. I'm curious to see how they're going to take some teams that are competing right now in the fall and make those results be part of your criteria for for winter cross country. Those things are left to be sorted out. Um, mm-hmm. but it's going to be fun. There's going to be controversies teams since we don't have a regional system team. They're just going to have a, a committee just select this. That, that's going to be, mm-hmm. that's going to be fun and wild trying to predict who it is. We're going to have like a true selection Sunday type of a thing in, in cross country. It's gonna be so much fun. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited as well. I bought my flight to Stillwater, even if this gets canceled, <laughs> I'm coming and I'm printing out this press release and I'm going to say no. On September 22nd, you, said you promised. Was... You promised yeah. this was going to happen. We could probably drive to Stillwater too. I don't even need to fly there if I don't want to, but it's I'll like probably seven fly. or eight hours. Yeah. You want to go with me? Mask up. Sure. Let's do this. Roll the windows yeah, down. You don't yes. have AC anyway, so the windows are always down. Uh, let's yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. They'd have to be down. I'm, I'm, um, I'm so ready. Yeah. Another bit of news I want to talk about was the Cheptegai 10K attempt. Getting more people in that meet. It's not just going to be him. You got Shadrach Kipchirchir in there. It's going to be fast. Yeah. Does he have his? Does he have his twenty six fifteen shoes? Can he pull those out of the bag? Like where? <laughs> you know, they like you're talking about in golf. Like it's a five hundred yard hole. You got your five hundred yard driver in there. Uh, he's going to need his twenty six fifteen shoes. No, I I. Uh, I'm not sure what you know. His role is. Is he trying to run fast? Is he trying to support uh, Chep the guy? Like, what exactly the, is his role? 
Well, here's the sentence. I'm reading from Alberto Stretti's blog here. And it says, Cheddar Kipchurcher will line up hoping to mount an assault on the U.S. record of 2644. About. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Trying to take and down I mean, Neil Rupp? Wow. Wow. I mean, that would be, that'd be exciting. I hope it's not, we're not just talking about pacing. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at their website right now. Their NN running team's website, by the way. Very good. Who's ever on that oh, CMS yeah. is just crushing it uh, crushing on the it. back end there. Um, let me see if I can find the exact exact thing here. I can't find it. But anyway, let's net G'day. They're doing a women's 5,000. She's yeah. in that. Stuart McSwain is in there. What is he running? Hey, he's a miler. No, is he, he gonna... runs the five Hold too. On. He runs the five. Wow, yeah. That's range, man. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's going to be in the 10 as well too. So this is, this is awesome. He's been crushing uh, it's it. exciting. Yeah, we're gonna see him in an hour in Doha, in that in mm. the in the fifteen, right? Maybe get the Aussie record. There might be a new continental record by the time people listen to this podcast. Oceania. So. <laughs> uh, the other race announcement I wanted to talk about was the elite only race in a marathon on December twentieth in Arizona, called the Marathon Project, which mm -hmm. um, is gonna have a lot of NAZ elite folks. In it, they're going to be running around a four-ish mile loop on an Indian reservation. Pace, pace is going to be fast, Lincoln. They're they're scheduling this for two ten for the men. And hold on, I got it's not on the article you wrote or the thing you wrote, but someone texted me this. Hold on, I let didn't me, write let, me let me give you. Sorry, it's, it's David Montes. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna find this for you because someone someone sent me the details here, so I want to be able to okay. report this. But I just have so many good, so many texts here going through all the sources. Um, here's AAA when I had to get towed. Um, a lot of political <laughs> texts in here. Jeez, uh, I can't find it. Talk for a second and I'll find it. Okay, well, I, I think that stands out to me aside from just the number of top ten finishers. Uh, which I think it was at one point yesterday, three on the men's side, three on the women's side from last February's marathon. Found trials. It. But it's, I think it's been upgraded. I think it's four per gender top 10 finishers. So this is loaded. Now there's no Jacob Riley. There's no Abdi. There's no Galen Rupp. There's no Alephine Tuliamak or Molly Seidel. Nobody that, that finished in the top three, but we uh, have a very flat and fast course and we got a lot of people that ran really, really well in the trials. This could be mm -hmm. really, really fun. And you mentioned the pacing. Yeah. Let's let's, if it's on loops and, and it's basically going to run like a track, we should expect some fast times. 210 for the men sub 224 for the women. It says pacers will be provided for the top groups. Mm hmm. So there we go. Yeah. 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 Um, I like there's not that, that many got... people in the U.S. who can run 210. There's not that many people in the, no, in the U.S. Not. who can run 210. It's been it's historically been... difficult, Kevin. I don't know if you've been paying attention. Um, I well, I was going to say I, I, I'm. We got the word project back in. in. I thought mm -hmm. we. Uh, I thought we uh, basically had killed off the word project when it came to U.S. distance running. Uh, not so, according to this race organized by Josh <laughs> Cox, Ben Rosario, amongst others. Uh, it's a project. N not yeah. sure. I. Not sure what, I thought what I retired that means. That. It, 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 yeah, it becomes a lot more scientific when we throw in the word project. Uh, that's usually a term they they reserve for. Uh, 
I don't know, like Bruce. something Elliot Kipchoge did. It, it seems science labby, but uh, also it's hilarious. And in some senses that I don't mean hilarious because I could never run 210 in any lifetime, but we are, or this, this does feel a little bit comedic and on the nose because we, I think there was a let's run April fool's day article a couple of years ago where they said that the U S was organizing a, you know how we obviously had the, the breaking two and then the Ineos 159, mm-hmm. they said the U S is going to organize a effort to break 210 and then that's yeah. literally what this is <laughs> now this is going to be regulation and there's not going to be you know pace cars and and water bottles handed and and lights and what have you but this it is pretty mm-hmm. funny uh that that's literally what's happening we're getting a group of people together at a remote location closed off to the public to try to break 210 it's pretty it's pretty funny to me under much different circumstances <laughs> Yes. COVID. Listen, I COVID understand. Induced. Yeah. Yeah. No, yes, it's, I, it's, I mean, it's exciting. It's exciting. I mean, talking to, to Jared Ward yesterday about London, every opportunity to race is now seen as, as a bonus. Yeah. And maybe these races are going to yield fast times. I mean, Jared had a much shorter buildup, but he's running on the fastest course that he's ever run in his life, you know, mm-hmm. in a strange setting, no doubt, but maybe that'll bring a fast time. And it's the same for, for these Americans going, trying to go under 210 and 224. Let's go to the email inbox, flowtrackpodcast at gmail.com. Joe has an idea for your shirt, Lincoln. No, oh, okay. He says, what if Lincoln made a shirt with Warholm screaming and slapping his face? And the quote is, Warholm alone. It could be played off Macaulay Culkin's Home Alone face. Ah, yeah, I like that. That's, that's, that's two that's or three it. steps further than I normally take things. But wow, yeah, I like it. Well, it makes sense. He's doing the face. All of his races, yeah. he's alone. I think it's alone. perfect. War home alone. Uh, gosh. You know what you need maybe, to do? If I have time today, I might put that together. No, no. You know who you need to consult? You need to consult former Flowtrack employee and graphic yeah. artist Adam yeah. Ostrike to, so he can, he can illustrate, you know, give him the picture. He can illustrate it, right? It needs to, it needs to look a bit artistic and then have him put a yeah. cool font underneath. I think that's pretty solid. I mm-hmm. might, that might be the first time we double up on a shirt because. I feel like yeah, Joe. Get two you know, going. We, we we co-own the email inbox, so uh, I, yeah. I want I want some some rights over this. But we're home alone mm-hmm. is a good good pun there too. I like it. That's, um, it's solid. Yeah, you got to have the home alone font and maybe even the little house logo. I I don't know. <gasps> Ooh, see, yeah, I like where you're going with. Did you think of what, any what, others in the meantime? Into like a hurdle, it could be like a hurdle too. So instead of the house, it'd be like a hurdle. Anyways, go ahead. So you and Adam need to sit down because you are an art yeah. consultant, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then there's a laser, <laughs> and then there's a rainbow and a yeah. jackrabbit, and they can yeah. figure it out. Do you have have you thought of any ideas since we last discussed the shirts? Oh gosh, you know, Kevin, my life has been a mixture of, uh, you know, you you have a son who just turned five, so my, you know, I, I'm mm-hmm. a, I have about son who's about to turn five, and you know, he's filling up my time, and then I've got a poop and puke machine on, on the other side, uh, seven-week-old mm-hmm. child. So just been a little busy. Um, the household has come down with a little with a little something, not not COVID, but just a little cold. So it's been a fun, fun time overall. So no, my 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 time to meditate on shirt ideas has been has been cut short, but uh, rest assured I will get back into that. And uh, War Home Alone, that 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 
that piques my interest and it it's i think it's going to create some creativity in other in other events uh maybe the marathon project maybe i just roll with that and uh find a way I'll, to you make know fun what? of that I, I don't know since you're so busy because you have two kids i will i will do the outreach to adam and i'll tell him your vision and and see what happens how about that right well you have two kids but they're basically adults they're basically grown so you know you it's not the same <laughs> They have a combined age of seven. They can pretty much do. Yeah. <laughs> before before we go, I want to read from our our friends in in Utah, the three sisters who all got injured at the same time, who have been giving us updates mm -hmm. throughout COVID. Um, so they posted that Olympic video. She says they currently have a, about their Olympics that they did. They currently have 135 views, and our satisfaction rating is a whopping 100. percent Our viewers have apparently enjoyed the show, commenting things like, "Wow, I'm super impressed with the quality of this video." Funniest thing I've seen since 2003. So there you go. Uh, she says 2020 has been, this is, so this is written in from, by Kristen Melody and Marissa. I don't know who's actually writing or if they're really, really all three get the byline here. It's impressive. 2020 has wow. been an exciting year with many records, both good and bad. Speaking of some of the good races, the AP Ranch High Performance Invitational has been our favorite. <laughs> uh, okay, this is long. I'm trying to. So one of them got hurt again. Oh, she got hit by a truck. Wait, what? hold on. Okay, hold on. Uh, she says one of them hit the pavement, permanently scarred our brand new road. She was riding the bike. <laughs> Marissa was riding behind her. There was a truck parked on the side of the road and another big giant truck was coming towards them. Oh, they got sandwiched between the two trucks. Kristen lost control oh, and she went down hard. Marissa didn't have anywhere to go because of the truck. So she decided to run over Kristen. We have photo evidence of the tire tracks. Kristen skidded on her right side and ended up getting some pretty awesome road rash and some bruises. They were pretty good, although they weren't quite as good as watching Marissa beat LaShawn Merritt's 300-meter time by a whole second. <laughs> uh, speaking of famous people, we noticed that during our last appearance on the pod, you mentioned Christian Coleman and how people should be Excited to have us on as guests as well. We would like to respectfully point out that Christian Coleman is currently professionally suspended. And while we are cripples, all of us are still eligible to compete. They have asked us to redshirt, but the only red shirts that we know are the FlowTrack t-shirts. Still waiting on those. Mind mm. sending us the tracking info. Yeah, Lincoln is on that right away. Um, <laughs> other loose ends from the past email. To address you specifically, Lincoln, yes, we like you. We like you too, Kevin. There's a reason we always address our emails to Kevin and Lincoln. Lucky for us, Gordon. One, doesn't read the emails. Two, doesn't listen to the Kevin and Lincoln pods, which we don't understand because they're hilarious. And three, doesn't have to know that we have forgiven but not forgotten all the BYU comments, although we do appreciate the Ed Eyestone reaction video. Yeah. There you, there you go. Um, oh. Although yeah. I – so at the same time as the Ed Eyestone video, I was doing the Isaac Wood video. So I'm partial to the Isaac Wood video, but I could see why no, people could also like better. the Ed Eyestone. Yeah. The – there's way more comedic value in the uh, in the in the in the in the Fred Fred. No, that's fun. <laughs> for those people who don't know, he people was screaming no for Ed. No, well, so BYU but assistant it. coach during the 10K last year was in the stands. There was literally no one there, and this was pre-COVID. But there was literally no one there because yeah. it was so hot that they pushed back the start till forever. So we were sitting next to a whole bunch of coaches. Isaac was there. BYU went what one three four in that race. And in the last yeah. lap, he was absolutely losing his mind um, and was screaming for Ed, as in do it for Coach Ed Eystone. 
but he was screaming so loud that the words ran together and it sounded like he was just yelling Fred and yeah. you and I, you and I lost it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Posted on social media. It got a lot of, it got a lot of traction. I don't remember. It, mm-hmm. it got a, like on Facebook, it like took off. So that's not my best piece of content that I've ever created. Anyway. Yeah. That's your um, legacy. That's your legacy. So I'm going to keep going here. Uh, Kristen's doing physical therapy for four hours every day. And she's running on Marissa's Alter G. They're trying to get Santa Claus to get an Alter G for Christmas. But they fear he's sick with coronavirus because he hasn't responded to us. Hopefully, no news is good news. Uh, That's tough to carry on uh, a sleigh. Melody is going to go to Tennessee to serve a mission. Kristen and Marissa try to pay off a surgeon not to clear her. Uh, anyway, she says, We really appreciate your comments. Uh, on the Crip Olympics and everything else you talk about in the podcast. Um, if there's any interest in gold, silver, or bronze toilet seats, they can go to the highest bidder. However, you must at least cover the cost of shipping. That was from their mm. Olympic Games. P.S. Uh, congratulations on your new baby, Lincoln. Oh, there you go. thanks. Wow, they're loyal listeners, and they they definitely get the award for uh, for best emails as always. Uh, Love listening or love hearing those. Don't don't like hearing that somebody got hit by a car. I need to go back and read that to get the exact details. But that's uh that's a little horrifying. Uh, but sounds like things are okay with the three sisters. So good to hear. Uh, and now we've got cross country, and we'll get to see, you know, Gordon mm-hmm. Tinseline on the side of NAU. Well, will BYU. Well, they don't need to answer back. I mean, they're holding they're holding the bell right now. BYU can. Yeah. Can can brag has bragging rights. I know more Mormons probably typical not not going to be typical the typical group to to just sit and brag over everyone. Uh, they're they're a good group of folks, but uh, you know they they what shouldn't more take excited? any the BYU blasphemy. BYU's the reigning champs, and they're going to get to be reigning champs for over a year. Who do you think's more excited to have March cross country championships? BYU or NAU men? Oh, I'm sure both are incredibly excited. I won't. This isn't a cop out, but of course, to NAU. NAU wants to. I mean, they they. The, I think the thought of not having cross country period had to have been horrifying for them. Like, not only are they like a team that could have podiumed or maybe even won the indoor meet, they're faced with the prospect of not having any cross country. Uh, their bread and butter. I, I I think the the now the reality of of cross country has to be just incredibly incredibly enticing and i only say that about byu i mean we saw connor mance running a 10k in august i mean that wasn't going to diminish mm-hmm. what he was doing in a, in a march championships but you know i don't know he's thinking about the trials it may, maybe his focus is elsewhere in au i think they're squarely focused on trying to get back their cross country title mm-hmm all right, we'll leave it there. Everybody have a great weekend. Lincoln, you're off to uh, cover the Doha Diamond League meet. Right. Not in Doha, but in Austin because it starts mm-hmm. in an hour. Um, I wish you the best of luck on that. We'll talk to you guys next week. Appreciate it.